it's uh, it's been it's been great so far, and there's kind of been things that I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that's already been sort of said. Um, and I don't know about you, but uh, you know, there's so much bad news around, isn't that at the moment? Um, you know, I mean, especially with Chrissy's family, and you know, we hear of people who are in 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 hospital with COVID. You know, there's so many people we hear dying. Lord, I mean, it really is just such bad news, and and the world does seem to be in chaos. And uh, you know, I'm missing the centre. It just seems like absolutely ages since we've been in the centre. Uh, thank God for Zoom, but you know, it's so much more distracting. We've got our dogs around, and you know, and it's not the same as being all together in the centre. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, it's a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit fed up with that. The fact that we, you know, we can't move, we can't meet in the centre. But anyway, so we're going to start a new series or we have started a new series. Can you put the PowerPoint on? Mm -hmm. um, hold on, let me just put the, I'll just put the PowerPoint on. I need that to get, to get rid of that. OK, that's fine. OK, so as I say, Chris um, started the, uh, the, the thing last, last week. So we're just going to look at um, the first 10 verses of Ephesians today. And I've called it uh, the fulfilment of the ages. And it will become clear as we go on as to what that means. OK, so now we're going to... I can't get it to work. <laughs> there we are. So Ephesians 1 verse 1 to 10, it says, Dear friends, my name is Paul and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. I just want to pick up on that. For the same love he has for us, for his beloved one Jesus, he has for us. That's absolutely incredible. Just think about that. Just amazing. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. 
And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfilment of all the ages finally reaches its climax, when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. And so, um, as I've said, with all the 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 the, uh, the sadness that's going around at the moment, and the, as as uh, I think Heather said, the madness that's going around in the world, we have um, our spiritual walk with Christ, and I'm glad that we're doing Ephesians because it's just an incredible book, and it's a uh, it's a letter to the Ephesians, and it really does encompass and explain beautifully all the things that we are and all that we have (coughs) as children of God. And it's written to explain some of the great themes and doctrines of Christianity. And it talks about the greatness and the glory of Christ. And it talks about the church's purpose within that. And as I say, the timing of this study seems to be quite apt in the light of this year's vision for our little fellowship it's going to talk, we, we, you know, we talked last week or when I did it about the glory and majesty of God. And, uh, and this is just so apt. And I think we really do need to, to focus on this book because, as I say, it's about our spiritual lives. It's who we are. It's, you know, it's, it's not about, it's not particularly practical. It's just all about who we are in the heavenly realms. And I'm going to talk about three things today. Spiritual blessings being chosen and the fulfilment of the ages. And last week, as I say, Chris gave us a great introduction to this letter. And today, <clears throat> we're going to start digging into the wonderful words and concepts that this letter holds for us as a company of devoted believers today. So what do we know? We know that Paul was a man who loved every one of the new believers as if they were his own children. And Philippians 1 verses 4 to 8 confirms this when he says, My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. I am so grateful for our union and our enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you And will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's no wonder I pray with such confidence since you have a permanent place in my heart. You have remained partners with me in the wonderful grace of God. Even though I'm here in chains for standing up for the truth of the gospel. Only God knows how much I dearly love you with the tender affection of Jesus the anointed one. And you can hear the joy in his voice as you read this passage. And you can hear it again in the first few verses of Ephesians. He's like the best dad in the world, cheering on his children. And I love to watch Long Lost Family. And last week there was a lady on there who had had to give her daughter away when her daughter was only four weeks old. And 50 years went by before she met her again. And the excitement when she knew she would see her was incredible to watch. Now, normally there's a mixture of of emotions and, uh, you know, when they've been told their their son or their daughter or their mom or their dad or the brother or, you know, have, has been found. And generally people, you know, uh, to burst into tears. 
and it's just such a relief to know that they that the one the loved one that they have not seen for years has finally been found but this was quite um interesting and, and, and unique because when that the lady was told her daughter had been found she was so excited she didn't cry she just laughed and she was just so excited at the fact at the, at the prospect of seeing her her lost daughter again after 50 years and I feel that this is Paul's excitement for all of these believers some of whom he'd never met and so as I say we've got three three themes today and the first theme is spiritual blessings verse 3 says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father the father of our lord jesus all because he sees us wrapped into christ and this is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts and notice he says every spiritual blessing has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father. And this is a revelation that each of us needs to get into our hearts. As I said, Ephesians is all about our spiritual lives in a world that is absolutely awful. You know, there's so much we watch the news and it's just all bad news. We need that revelation Every spiritual blessing has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our heavenly, our wonderful heavenly father. And Charles Spurgeon says, our thanks are due to God for all temporal blessings. They are more than we deserve. But our thanks ought to go to God in thunders of hallelujah, hallelujahs for spiritual blessings. A new heart is better than a new coat. To feed on Christ is better than to have the best earthly food. To be an heir of God is better than being an heir of the greatest nobleman. To have God for our portion is blessed, infinitely more blessed than to own broad acres of land. God has blessed us with spiritual blessings. These are the rarest, the richest, richest, the most enduring of all blessings. They are priceless in values. And as I say, in the days that we're living in, it is imperative that we know what spiritual blessings are and how to live in them. Because the world is far from peaceful. So we must get our peace from Jesus. Everything that we ever need has already been lavished upon us from our, our Heavenly Father. And we need to learn to live from our spirit rather than from our soul, which is our soul is where all our emotions reside. And so we can feel fearful. We can feel worried. We can feel stressed if we live from our soul. That's why we have to learn to live from our spirit. And how many years have we wasted feeling, have I wasted feeling insecure and unloved because I didn't read my Bible and I didn't understand how much my heavenly father loved me. And I remember years ago, I attended John Price's church in Warsaw and I'd gone out the front this one day for prayer. And the lady who prayed for me just said, God wants you to read your Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. I did read my Bible, not every day. But I did read it quite regularly. But I think I read it out of, not out of duty, but not even expecting revelation or for God to speak to me through it. 
and I, I don't think I heeded the word. And so I went in uh, on in my cage of insecurity and worthlessness that, you know, I've told you I used to live in and I used to see everything through the cages of this bar of insecurity and worthlessness. And how I wish I'd have known and understood how great our father's love for us is. And why has he, has he lavished every spiritual blessing upon us? Because it says we are wrapped into Christ. And I love that phrase. That makes me feel so loved and so secure and so safe. Like, you know, when, you, when your mum and dad used to wrap you in a blanket or, you know, my dad used to wash me when I was a kid and he used to wrap me in the towel and he used to hug me and I just felt so loved and so secure and so safe. And so this phrase, wrapped into Christ, just gives me that whole uh, same picture of being loved and secure and safe. And just as when the family members on Long Lost Family meet after years and years apart and vow that they will never be apart again, so again Paul conveys the love of Christ in such a palpable way here in this passage. And it's what happens when a loved one turns to Christ, I'm sure of it. You know, when, when, we, when um, you know, a, a person is lost and then he turns to Christ and, and, and I can just see Jesus just wrapping him in arms of love. And what a great party in heaven ensues because of that. What incredible blessings that we have because we are wrapped into Christ. And so the second one, the second theme that I've been brought, I'm going to bring out of this passage is chosen, being chosen by God. Verse four says, and he chose us to be his very own joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. And now there are many verses throughout the Bible that talk about this truth, that God chose us before the foundation of the world. And even Jesus himself in John 15 verse 16 says, You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name and I'm sure in that in that verse alone there is a sermon but we I don't want to talk much more on that just to say Jesus himself said you didn't choose me I chose you and there is much debate about the doctrine of election but we're not going to go into that right now the doctrine of election is that those who freely come to God are those whom freely whom God has freely chosen in other words God knew from the foundation of the world, who would choose him? And so he chose, and he chose them because he knew that when it was their time on earth, they would freely choose him. He looked down the corridors of time to see who would choose him and who would reject him. And Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 22 about a king who threw a great feast for his son. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants out with invitations. But all who had been invited refused to come. So he sent his servants out again to say that everything was ready and implored them to come to the banquet. But again, they refused. So he sends his servants out to the highways and the byways to invite anyone who would come. And we'll pick it up in verse 5. 
But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honour. Now go to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wearing wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where they were where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So what is the difference between being called and being chosen? Well, the simple answer is they were all called, i.e. invited to the banquet, but the chosen ones were the ones who said yes. Now, I looked in the, uh, the Blue Letter Bible, um, and if anybody hasn't got the Blue Letter Bible... I, I do advise that it's free on the app store. Just go to the app store and, and download it. And what you can do, you can press on a verse and it takes you into uh, the Greek words or the test com commentaries. It's really, really good. And so I, I pressed on this verse for the Greek word. And the Greek word for called is kletos and it simply means invited. And the word for chosen is ekletos or something like that. And that simply means picked out and chosen. So the Greek words for all for both of these words are what they were what they are the same as in English. Kletos means invited to the banquet. Uh, um, Ekletos is chosen, and it just means simply what it means in um, English: picked out or chosen. So they were all called, i.e., invited to the banquet. But the, uh, the chosen ones were the ones who said yes. They dressed for the banquet and they ate of all that was provided for them. And notice the one who came to the banquet but was not dressed for it. He showed disrespect for the king by coming in dirty rags. And I think he represents those who hear the call of the gospel but never respond to, to that call. The wedding garment in this parallel, in this parable, sorry, represents the gift of salvation or the robe of righteousness. But the man who was thrown out did not put on his wedding garment. You see, there's an external call for everyone, but it's only those who have an internal call. That is acknowledging that Jesus as their saviour, the, 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 uh, the saving work of the Holy Spirit in conjunction with the external call. When the call is made, they are the ones that respond they are the ones that are chosen. We can even spend our life going to church and hearing it time and time again, but never really giving our lives to Jesus and being saved. The good news is that if you have acknowledged Jesus as your saviour and you live in him, you were chosen by God from the foundation of the world. God, as he was forming the universe, he was thinking about you. He was excited that you would choose him and so therefore he chose you. He loves you so much today. You are so special to him and you are part of the chosen 
ones today. That is so exciting. It's such good news in the midst of everything that's going on in the world. And so the next, the last theme that I'm going to look at is the fulfilment of all the ages. And let's just read the next part. Verse five says, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for us. Sorry, for the same love he has for his beloved son, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of all our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. And Gary said it earlier and Chris said it, as far as the east is from the west, are our sins removed from us? The total cancellation of our sins. If something's been cancelled, we can never go back to that. We cancelled our house insurance policy yesterday because we'd found a better one. And so that house insurance policy on Thursday will become null and void and we will not be able to claim on that again. Total cancellation of our sins. This super abundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. That's so, so, such good news. It's already working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. How many of us understand that and ask God to give us wisdom and practical understanding of, of situations that we're in? What, what should we do in this situation? Let's ask the Holy Spirit because the, the, the wisdom and practical understanding is already powerfully working within us. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us. The hidden mystery of his long range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, God's unfailing purpose this detailed plan will reign supreme throughout every period of time until the fulfilment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. When God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. This truly, there is truly so much in this passage. Honestly, I could go on all day about the good news that's in this passage. But again, there is a plan. We've just read it in the passage. A long range plan, thankfully, not just a, a plan for this bit and this bit, a long range plan. From beginning to end, God has a plan. And we may look around us and think that everywhere looks in chaos. Everywhere we look, chaos reigns. We watch the news, chaos reigns. Problems with the vaccine. Oh, you know, Everything is just in chaos. But as we always say, God is still in control. And the other morning I was reading this devotional book that I've got, this, this great book. It's called The Image Maker. And it was talking, it's, it's written by the guy who writes the, the past, uh, Passion Translation, Brian Simmons. And, um, and it, just, it was talking about the Garden of Delight or the Garden of Eden and the four rivers that flow through it and then I put that down 
was really blessed by that. And I started a new book called The Furious Sound of Glory. And guess what? It too was talking about the Garden of Eden and the rivers that flowed out of it. Honestly, I cannot believe how God speaks through his word. If God's going to speak to you, he will put things in front of you to just open up a revelation to you. And this was so fantastic. I honestly, I was, it blew me away. I just sat there and I went, thank you, Lord, for all the stuff that you, you know, that you say through, through, through your word and through books that we can, that we can read. You see, Genesis starts with the Garden of Eden and the rivers flowing into it and watering the garden. And Revelation ends with the same river of life in fact, in the Passion Translation, the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, is entitled Eden Restored. God's dwelling place on earth was the Garden of Eden. But one day he will dwell with us in the new Jerusalem, the city of God. And the parallel between the two is absolutely exquisite. Let me show you some of those parallels. So this is a chart and it was contra contrasting Eden in Genesis and Revelation. So Eden in Genesis, there's a river of life in Eden. And there's a river that flows from God's throne in Revelation. And it's the same river of life. There's gold in the land in Genesis. And the city of the uh, of God is, is paved with gold in the streets. The tree of life in Genesis is the same tree of life that is in Revelation. Oh, I get so excited about this. There's, there's whatever that word is, an onyx stones in Genesis. And there's precious stones that the city of God is made out of. In Genesis, in Eden, God walks in the garden. And in the city of God, in Revelation, God will dwell in the city. And maybe, I mean, there's so much that's really so very fascinating about Eden in Genesis and, and the city of God in Revelation. There's so much more. And maybe we'll do a study on, on a Tuesday night on one of that. It's absolutely fascinating. And my point is, though, that God has a plan. And these verses in Ephesians reassure us that it will be fulfilled beautifully when the fulfilment of ages, of all ages, reaches its climax. Ephesians 1 verse 10, and because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfilment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. When God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. And I just want to read a little bit of, um, of this book. Uh, that uh, it's the, it comes from the image maker and it says can you just imagine what it must have been like to enjoy fellowship with God the father in the midst of the beautiful garden of Eden nothing would this is talking about Adam and Eve nothing would hinder their relationship as part of the eternal family their daily walks in the cool of the day would be occasions of profound pleasure and unspeakable delight both Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed in the garden of paradise, at ease with one another without fear of exploitation. In their nakedness, Adam and Eve walked majestically through the garden of delight, content to be creatures living in the comforting care of their creator. 
no pride, no shame, no fear. They lived in the weightlessness of grace without experiencing the heaviness of shame. Accepted fully and accepting one another, they walked in delight and satisfaction with God and with each other. Innocence and beauty filled their days as husband and wife as they lived in perfect harmony. This was God's plan and it will be restored on earth once again. Eden will be restored again in the new Jerusalem, as we've just seen in that comparison chart. And you say, well, yes, well, that's that's very, all very good for some time in the future. But but what about now? Have you ever booked a really fabulous holiday and then really looked forward to it? Last year, we went to New York and then we went on to see a friend of mine who lives in a very lovely part of New Hampshire. But part of the excitement of that holiday was the anticipation building up to it. We booked it about seven months in advance and we started counting off the months and then the weeks and then the days until our departure day arrived and we drove to the airport. Our journey to the, our once in a lifetime holiday had begun and it was a fabulous holiday in every way more than exceeded our expectations you know we went to New York and there we you can see the smiles on our faces we were on Brooklyn Bridge looking at the skyline of Manhattan in the background it was absolutely a fabulous holiday we went to all you know a lot of the sites in New York uh, the Empire State Building uh, we went to Ground Zero, which was really, really sad. But the, the pinnacle of the, my most brilliant memory, were, and I will never forget it, is the sunset cruise that we went on around Manhattan. And we, it was like when we started. It was a two-hour cruise. We went past the uh, the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. We went past all the bridges in New York. And as the, da- as the, as the night, the day turned to night and the lights came on, you looked back on the whole of the, the beautiful Manhattan skyline. And then it started, it had been thundering, but then the lightning started. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't raining, but every now and then under, over the Manhattan skyline, you'd have a flash of lightning and it was absolutely awesome i will never forget it as long as i live absolutely fantastic and it's the same looking ahead to one day being in the city of god wow what a day that will be and this is just an image that obviously there's no photographs for what it will be like and so i try to find an image of the you know the, the garden of eden with a tree of life that's the tree of life and and the river flowing out from God's throne and everybody's hanging, you know, sitting around it. We cannot imagine what that day would be like. You know, I'll look back at our New York trip and our New Hampshire trip and it was just fabulous and, you know, great memories. But wow, what it'll be when we look forward to one day being in the millennium where there will be peace on earth for a thousand years and then after the millennium when Jesus comes back and that God makes a new heaven and a new earth, and this will be the new Jerusalem. Oh, wow, we've got so much to look forward to on that day. And even the very creation groans for that day. 
Romans 8 verse 18 to 22 says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. So the glory starts now. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. That's you and I. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labour for childbirth. You see, we are able to live in the present because we can see the end game. We can see our destination from afar and it is beautiful. We have watched as a family all of the Marvel films where the superheroes, Iron Man and, you know, and uh, I can't remember who, who else, but it was all, um, you know, end, all going towards the end game where they would destroy Thanos. And it was absolutely brilliant and this is our not that that all of a sudden one of these days sin and decay will be destroyed and we can see the end game and therefore we are able to live in the present with with you know with glorious excitement because of who we are because of what we know is coming for us we can see our destination from where we are we can see our destination coming in the distance And it is beautiful. It will be beautiful. So be encouraged today. As I said at the beginning, Ephesians is a very spiritual book. It speaks to us of our spiritual lives in Christ. And we so need to have something else to look to in these dark days of bad news and everything. You know, we hear of deaths and and sickness So it is incumbent upon us to find out who we are and know who we are through the word. The word has it all and it's so encouraging. So be encouraged today that what we are going through now will come to an end. Especially if we are Christians, we can look forward to the end game, to the the beautiful city of God. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to everything that Ephesians has to, to say to us, to reveal to us about who we are, about what we've, what we've got to come. So be encouraged today. Amen. Oh, okay. End slideshow. End show. There we are. Okay. So 